And now, the Street Photography Magazine podcast with your host, Bob Patterson. Welcome back, and we've got a guest this week. His name is Paul Reed. He is a master photographer. He's been a professional for over 25 years, and he does primarily wedding and portrait work, but he does a lot of street photography and uh, other cool stuff, which uh, you'll be able to see when you go look at, at his work. So, Paul, thanks for being with us today. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I, I'm glad you glad you could make it this evening, your time. And uh, anyway, well, we'll get into the backstory as to, to how we ran into each other. Uh, but first, I thought I'd ask Paul, how did you get into photography of all things? And uh, how'd you wind up getting in the wedding business? And why do you bother doing street photography? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, like a lot of people, uh, it was uh, cameras and things were all, always around my house. So like my dad, he just had lots of gadgets. He loved gadgets. And, um, and one of the things that was in a drawer, gathering dust, was a, a Canon T70 um camera and i just you know took that off out and started taking photos with it really um with one of my one of my friends and um and it just kind of kind of grew from there and you know one of the things which i you know learned to do was of uh you know darkroom stuff you know developing and printing my own work and you know, it just—it was just a, a fascination, really, from from being very, very young, and uh, yeah, it's—it's it's just from there on, really, it—it's um, just grown and grown, and something that I've loved more and more. Yeah, it's—it's it's just, uh, yeah, <laughs> you just can't stop, huh? Yeah, it, it's. I feel as if the the funny thing is, even though I've been at it for so long. I almost feel as if I'm just starting now. It's it's just this mm-hmm. really strange kind of feeling that I've, I've you know had for probably the last kind of six months or something that this is the beginning of things for me. Not uh, I, I used to you know do everything on film back mm-hmm. in the day, and I think whenever I switched over to digital initially, and it was early days. Um, and you know the megapixels were low, and mm-hmm. things weren't fantastic. But I did make that move into digital at that point, and I think I lost a little bit of the love at that point um, for photography. I still carried on. I still, you know, did the weddings and things, and sure. that, you know that was one of the reasons because you know everybody else was switching to digital. It was you know they could do more photographs than me. They could. So I switched to digital, and I think, you know, at that point, you know, the cameras themselves, you know, went from these metal cameras, you know, these well-built cameras to these plastic, you know, hard plastic cameras. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just lost the love a little bit at that time, really, I think. I think, um, I know, I remember, yeah, in the days, uh, a lot of pros didn't switch to digital. They just The resolution wasn't there. Yeah. And so they stuck with film. Had to. I mean, it's your business. You want to make sure everything looks as good as possibly can. And 
then all of a sudden, it was like a tidal wave. Yeah, and it's not stopping anytime soon by the looks of it. No. It has got to a stage now, though, where you you wouldn't really need any more than, you know, what what we've got, I, I, I don't think, anyway, I mean. I keep telling myself that, and then I try something else. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah, I know what you mean. But, uh, I mean, I had to kind of use an old, an older camera um, a couple of days ago because mm-hmm. one of my, it was my Fuji X-T4, it, it broke down. Oh. So uh, it started taking everything in purple. So I um <laughs> no so extra I had, charge. No, so I had to pull out my old uh, Fuji X Pro One, and <laughs> oh, it felt so slow. It was it's slow. It was you know I mean somebody maybe would blink, uh, you know, and and that's the bit that I was catching, not the bit before the blink. And it was yeah, it's um. So we have moved on a bit from then. I think slightly. But you know what? I, I love the X-Pro one. I had one for years. Yeah. You know, it just had kind of a unique look. Yeah, and that that's yeah. why I've kept it. I mean, yeah. it, I, I do keep it as a spare. And, I mean, it still takes amazing photographs. It's just, um, you know, it, the it, you can't really kind of see things as clearly mm-hmm. um, as what you can in modern cameras, the, the resolution on the um is it an EVF you, you call the electronic viewfinder? Yeah. So, yeah. so the EVF now seems really kind of blurry um, compared to, you know, the ones that we've got these days. And I found it a little bit difficult. I also think my eyesight's getting worse as I get older. So <laughs> it doesn't help. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and if you're doing it for business, I mean, you've got to get the shot. You can't wait around for a slow camera or whatever. Yeah. You don't want to miss them. No, so, no, not yeah. at all. It's uh, yeah. So, but yeah, still a brilliant camera though. Um, you know, still a big fan of the X Pro One, even if it is slow. Yeah, I still have the X Pro Two. I love it, although I haven't used it much lately. Which, which is, we're going to talk about that in the shortly. Yeah, yeah but I'll tell you how we got together. Um, actually, I've run into Paul in several places. I um, uh, not long ago, I got. I, uh, I wanted to give. Give Leica a try, and I got the. Uh, I just bought the original Q, a used one. It's like six years old now, but uh, I mean, I love it. And uh, but you know, several years ago, Leica came out with with a monochrome camera from on the 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 M series, which are quite pricey. Yeah, and uh, they've made what I think three of them now, something like that. Like. Yeah, they have. Yeah, so there's the the original monochrome, isn't there? And then there's there was the two forty six. Yeah, that's the M, one. Yeah, M10. yeah. But probably ninety percent of what I do is is monochrome, and I've just uh, yeah, I've been I don't know, not enamored, but I've been interested in this since the first one came out, like probably eight years ago now. And uh, you know, I've always thought about giving it a try, and then I start watching all their videos. Which are great sales tools for yeah, them, they are. and in the interviews with people like Alan Schaller, who only oh, only yeah. shoots monochrome, it's fabulous. And uh, you know, I kept thinking, should I give this a try? Should I give it a try? And then the you know the they, then the Q came out, 
in monochrome last fall. I think that's when you got it, right? Yeah. Anyway, so, so I'm researching this and, you know, how you go on the forums and, you know, read people's opinions. And, and then I happened to see a thing that Paul wrote on one of the Leica forums. And it just made a lot of sense. And he just, I think you were just writing, like, from when you first got it. Yeah. So I think this thing was expensive, but, I, you know, and but basically it changed how you look, basically photograph and how you look at things. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I just, you know, tell us a little about your journey with this device. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I was the, the same as you. I mean, I, I was... Um, I've just admired those monochrome cameras for a long time, the M monochromes, and um, and then for a long time, and I got a, I got a Q as well. Um, oh, and um, and you know, I, I love that camera, um, but I still just hankered after these these monochrome cameras, and and I just I don't know, there was just something about you know that approach where and. Like yourself, probably ninety percent of the the work that I do is on in monochrome, and it kind of just made sense uh, to to do that to have a, a monochrome camera. Also, the the look lovely as well, which you know it doesn't help uh, <laughs> whenever <laughs> yes. you, you feel like you can't have something. So, so yeah, so I, I watched, and then the M10 um, monochrome came out and. I mean, it's just, it's just so expensive as well, and and you've you've not just got if you if you're not been with Leica for a long time, then you know you've not just got the body, mm-hmm. you, you know you've got the lenses as well, and it just was beyond, you know, beyond what I I could even not what I could afford. I just I could never really have you know bought that the M10 monochrome and and a nice Leica uh, lens as well. Yeah. Um, and then the Q2 monochrome came out, and <laughs> also, and it's still expensive. But the difference is, is say for an M10 monochrome, you know, I mean, I think probably when it came out, I mean, I, I know things in in pounds, but I, I don't think it was far off ten thousand pounds or, or something like that. And then for a lens, um, for you know the equivalent of what comes on a on a Q2 monochrome, yeah. You're not looking far off the same again. You know, it's... Yes. So then this Q2 monochrome came out, and it was, you know, it was about £5,000, and you got everything. You got the lens and the body, and I knew that the Q, you know, was such a great camera, and, yeah, I pulled the trigger on it, and I thought, this this is, you know, this must be the camera for me. Yeah, it's it's... Sort of like, uh, uh, how do they liken it to the to the drug world? The entry, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> entry yeah. drug or whatever. I think the Q definitely is because the Q yeah. is kind of almost affordable, isn't it? For 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 a lot mm-hmm. of people, you know. So especially now, you know, on the used market, you know, you you can pick a Q up, um, and there's still a, a it's still an amazing camera. The Q, it is. Um, it's you know, and 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 it's excellent. Uh, even it's black and white. You know, when you um, when you change the images into black and white on the queue, there's just a lovely mm-hmm. look to it. Yep. You know, it's it has got a you know a you know just an organic look to you know to the images. You know, the 
the I keep saying grain, but it's noise, isn't it? But you know, it, it looks like for me, it looks like boom, and and I think you know that was you know what I loved about the queue, but I did pretty much do most in black and white on the queue, even and that it's you know I think they were sort of copying what Fuji did with the X100 series. Yeah. Yeah, which I loved as well, Ga- by the way. Gateway drug, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. The X100 the is a gateway drug for Fuji. Yeah, yeah, and it I, definitely is. I shot with one since they came out. Yeah, me too. Me I just too. sold my last one a couple months ago. Yeah, I I sold mine quite a bit ago, the, the Fuji. Well, I sold it when I got the, um, yeah. the original Q. Um, and, yeah, I, I used to love the Fuji X100 series, and it's uh, I think yeah. that... That is almost like a stepping stone yeah. to like to like her even. You know, it's it kind of has a little bit of a that look to it, doesn't it? And mm-hmm. and, and I think the the X one hundred the X one hundred was probably the first camera that I'd loved uh since the film days. Since mm-hmm. the days Same of here. the film camera. Same and here. I, and I really did. And and I you know, I, I think I upgraded that most years as well, you know, to the next model up as they kind of increased you know, yeah. different features they had. Yeah, when I got the X100, I just, uh, when I travel, that's all I take. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, I figure, well, if 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 I can't make the shot with that camera, then it's not my shot. I'll get something else. Yeah, and, and it's, it's even got a flash on it as well. It's got a flash Pardon? on it. And it's even got a flash on it as well. The, it the does, X100. yeah, which I never used, but it, no. it does. Yeah. Maybe sometimes, you know. Or a little fill flash, but not very yeah. often. Yeah. Um, the uh, yeah. So I, I mean, I'll tell you where I am with this. I mean, I've I've got the uh, I've got the M Q two M monochrome, and I still have the Q. And I love the 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 you know the black and whites I get out of the Q. Yeah. And I think, do I need to keep this? Yeah. And the couple times I almost sold it and then but then i'll go out with it and look at it and well i'll tell you what though you know the the image is out of that and then the you know the regular m i mean the uh yeah the m monochrome they're flat they're like real flat they're very uninteresting looking it's like you know you 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 get the raw image and you look at it and you go this is it yeah yeah (laughs) yeah I don't need to pay that kind of money for that, but when it's you work one, with them, oh yeah, this is one of the things I want to talk to you about because you've you've really mastered that device. I mean, you've made some beautiful images with it, and I'm sure those the ones that came out of the those raw files, yeah, you know, didn't look that good. No, no, they never do. It's uh, the the and and what I've seen is um, there's a lot of people who who you know almost. That they almost use their images, and I've seen a lot of them on the forums and things, and they almost don't do much at all to that to that image, and they look yeah. very grey, very. You can barely tell yeah. the subject from the background a lot of the time because yeah. everything's kind of the same, you know, everything, all the tones are kind of the same, and so yeah, you you really do have to, you know, you have to work uh, with those images. I, I don't put lots of lots and lots of work into them. Mm-mm. You know, it's it's just some some shadows and highlights work, and you know some you know some contrast, 
and you know that's probably about all I do is just with those sliders in Lightroom, and mm-hmm. um, and then yeah, and, and then that's kind of and I kind of got a workflow now where I know I know straight away you know what I'm going to be doing to that to that image, and yeah, it's great. I love it. Yeah, the um, yeah, I've been I've been using the the auto button. Yeah, to start just as a starting mm. place. I did sometimes, that. you know. I did that for a while. Yeah, just because somebody advised me, you know, yeah. what, like if you click on, you know, auto, and then somebody told me pull the shadows back, you know, like because I think it brings up all the shadows, mm-hmm. and you know, pull that slider down. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it, it was. Um, I think because somebody told me that afterwards, um, it, that just kind of messed with, you know, the way I was working with the with the files. So yeah, um, it's I, th- I think it's a little bit like the the files on the Q2 Monochrome. Uh, I always think are almost a bit like in film terms is is a negative. It's like that's your if you printed a flat image from a negative and you didn't mm-hmm. do any printing skills at all, you didn't kind of burn mm-hmm. in places, you didn't, you know, and you just put a, a flat print, you know, it would be very gray and just, you know, just not, you know, not, nothing, nothing special. But then, you know, you do a little bit of work on it and, you, you know, you're going to get something incredible from it. And, yeah, you can, you can almost do anything with those images a lot of people i see a lot of people saying uh, to do with the highlights and you know to do with blowing highlights out i, I see that often and yeah yeah and i was gonna just, ask you about that it's just not something which i've ever really came across especially if you put the warning symbols on your camera so that you know when it does that flashing thing on mm-hmm. on you know on the screen to tell you that you know you're blowing out those highlights um yeah, I've just never came across it where I've not been able to recover, you know, information which I need to recover. And yeah, I looking at your photos, I never see any blown highlights. Of course, if you had them, you probably wouldn't post them. I'm sure. Yeah, although <laughs> you know, saying that, you know, there's nothing wrong with blowing out some highlights. Yeah, that, that aren't important. So, like, mm-hmm. say, I mean, I am paranoid about about stuff like that, you know, is somebody going to think, look, he's blown out those highlights. Um, but sometimes, like, if say if it was a portrait and it was, and there was a window behind them, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want the information of all of what's outside. You know, you, 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 you can blow those, you know, highlights like those out where the window's just, you know, it's just bright white. Um, sure. But, yeah, it, it's... It's just not something which um, has really kind of concerned me. Is is you know blown out highlights with it. I don't know what cameras everybody else has been using where it's it's better um, than <laughs> what the, when than the Q2 Monochrome, but it's not the cameras which I've been using. For me, it's it's it seems normal in in its highlights and and things. You know, it, I don't find that you know the blowout at all. But some people are, con- you know, are concerned about that and maybe don't buy the camera because there's a lot online, you know, which say that it they do blow the highlights out. So, do your are your raw files normally pretty dark? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, it, it's 
It's just skies, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, is, is the thing where you, you may blow some highlights out. So in which case for those, I would definitely, well, firstly, definitely always shoot in raw if I was, uh, yeah. if it was, and, um, and I would underexpose until I knew that that sky, basically I'd, I'd expose for the sky is what mm-hmm. I'm actually doing. Because the shadows and, you know, I mean, you can bring those up. The, you, it's just, you know, there's so much information in those shadows. That it's amazing. The stop, I don't know how many stops have. I think there's know, 15. Yeah, that's, like, that's nuts. I mean, that, that yeah. basically means you could take. You could take a rubbish photo, <laughs> not a rubbish photo, but no. you know, you could, you could um, just get it wrong. You know, you could get the exposure completely wrong, and you, you'd still, you know, you'd still um, be able to get a, a great image out of it. Um, that's a, that's what I always think. Uh, I was going to ask you as well. Is it like, have you ever, have you ever used the JPEG function on it before? Ever used what function? You know the the. Uh, I call them JPEGs. What, what, what oh. Would, oh, yeah, um, yeah. Um, because I, I – um, yeah, because sometimes those, they're, they're good. <laughs> you know, like, well, I, I tell you what. Um, I don't use it on the Q much, but on the, on the monochrome, um, I uh, – well, just experimenting with it. So I did RAW plus JPEG, yeah. and then I bumped up the uh, sharpening. Yeah. And the contrast just one. Yeah. And that made there there wasn't a file that it, I didn't want to use the JPEG. Yeah. yeah. So that that is right. So that's w- one other thing is I, I feel as if you know a lot of people frown upon using JPEGs. You know, the 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 just to think, well, no, I always shoot raw. I've just I've seen that so many times. I well, always, uh, I so always I- shoot raw. Um <laughs> But you know those JPEGs, and um, yeah, I would probably use kind of like a higher contrast uh, setting on the JPEGs on yeah. the, on the Q2 monochrome. And to me, they look like almost like a, a better version of uh, TriX. And you know, it, it just it's it's a cleaner version of TriX is what it looks like to me. Yeah, um, that's a good point. You know, you know, I, I like them. I, I should do it more often. I think I even just shot all JPEGs once. Yeah, yeah. I do it sometimes. It depends what it is. It depends. If it's a landscape, you know, then probably raw. Yeah. I mean, coming from the Fuji world, I mean, I always shot j- just JPEG unless yeah. I was being paid. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they're, they were great. Fuji's have, you know, make such. Beautiful JPEGs. They do. They do. They're, that's that's one one of the reasons why I've got I've got the the Q2 monochrome, but I also have a, well, I had a, um, a Fuji XT4 until it <laughs> until it broke. But yeah, that 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 will get replaced. Um, so, so yeah, I, I I have the the Fuji for for the color stuff. Um, yeah, that's uh, what I'm thinking of doing. I'd like to take a quick break to thank the Street Photography Magazine subscribers for your support. We couldn't do this without you. You may have noticed that we don't sell advertising or sponsorships in the podcast or inside Street Photography Magazine itself. 
And that's because we want to be completely objective about the work we publish and the services and gear that we cover. Our only constituent is you, our listeners and readers. So if you like what we're doing, you can support the show by subscribing to Street Photography Magazine. It's only $5 per month, and you can do it by visiting streetphotographymagazine.com slash subscribe. And now back to the show. So in your wedding business, how, how do you work this camera in with everything else? Because obviously wedding clients are going to want color photos. Yeah, yeah. So what, what I tend to do is um, I do ask the question uh, first, what percentage of your, you know, of your images will you want in color and which in black and white? Now, when people would choose me as a wedding photographer, they're pretty much going to see mm-hmm. mainly black and white images. So I would hope at the point whenever they decided, you know, that I was the photographer to capture their day, that they would, it's because they're like monochrome images. But saying that, I don't also want them kind of looking back in years to come and wondering what color things people were wearing. And, you know, I want them to kind of be able to have a, Mm-hmm. An accurate memory, also of of the day. Yeah, good. Point. So, so I ask them, you know, you know, um, you know, do, is there a, sort of a percentage that you would like in color and in black and white? And I tell them that color photographs are taken in color, and black and white are taken in black and white. And you know, it's they're taken with intention. It's not something that afterwards I'm looking at my computer. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking, oh, I wonder what that looks like in black and white. Um, and I just so a lot of the time they just say, I'll leave it up to you, which is probably quite dangerous because then most things, most things will be shot with the <laughs> Q2M um, because, you know, it's just such an amazing, it's an amazing camera for, um, you know, for that sort of, for available light photography. And that's, you know, I would kind of describe uh, my style of of wedding photography as it's almost street photography at a Mm -hmm. wedding because it's, you know, it's taking things as it happens and it's, you know, just finding those stories within, you know, within the story Mm -hmm. of somebody's day. So, So I would take most of the, you know, most of the kind of, Repertage type images using the uh, the Q2 monochrome. Mm, that's what it looks like just looking yeah. at your website. But also, I'd almost say that some of the images that I take are like street portraits because mm-hmm. it's they're not really kind of set up. It's just that somebody is somewhere, and I will suddenly just go up to them and say, oh, "Could you just do that again?" And then I'll I'll take a, a, uh-huh. a you know. A photo with, uh, but again, I'll use the Q2 monochrome for that as well. So yeah, so the the color stuff is normally I'll do some traditional stuff for them just to keep, you know, parents and things happy. Uh, you know, yeah. they <laughs> gotta keep mom happy. Yeah, I think some older people, you know, sometimes think, well, why would you take pictures in black and white? You know, we you, <laughs> we've been there. You know. Yeah. Um, why don't you take them in color? So, so yes, yeah, so I'll I'll take a good percentage uh, in monochrome. 
When you when you edit the monochrome files, do you ever miss the ability to be able to use the different color sliders to to tone the different colors? Never. <laughs> Never. Doesn't, doesn't bother you? Okay. No. It, do you know what? Um, I find that I go. I used to go too far with those those really? things. Yeah. yeah. I just I, I and that is. I think that was a problem for me with. Um, and I, in the end, I, I think I stopped using the, the the color sliders. I know a lot of people do use them because you know you've got uh, the, that amazing <laughs> amazing amount of control. Yeah. Um, on you know just parts of the image, you know if something's blue, you know they can, you know boost the um, you know the brightness of that part, or you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's just not. It's definitely not something I've missed at all. And I just, I don't think I think sometimes um, they almost don't don't look real whenever people have done it like that. Um, they certainly didn't whenever I used to use them because, <laughs> yeah, I, I used to just go too far with that uh-huh. sort of thing. So, so with skies and things, you know, I mean, I would be, oh yeah, the the blue. Let's darken that blue down, and then and then in the end, you know, I'd look at the image and I'd think, have I gone too far? And I probably had. Um, yeah, it's easy, easy to overdo it. It is, yeah. So, so I definitely don't miss don't miss the color sliders. Yeah, a lot of times I wish I had control, more control over the greens and the yellows. Yeah, yeah. You know, I wish that the grass looks a little too light. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you little, would, especially if the light shining right on the leaves or whatever. But. Yeah, I mean, I know people use the filters sometimes, don't mm-hmm. they? Um, I've dabbled with the filters a little bit, and I, I got uh, a bit tired of those quite quickly i used really? a, a red filter you know yeah, oh, and then I, it was and, and in yeah. fact you know like again i was looking at those images and i was thinking it doesn't look real it doesn't it looks like i yeah it does really it's... manipulated this image yeah. and when i even i hadn't it was just it was just a filter but i tend to not want my you know my images to look you know over manipulated at all you know i want Mm-hmm. To look kind of you know real, um, it's not something that, you know. I, I kind of I don't do any um, anything kind of you know a lot of uh, I see a lot of images and you know you can sometimes you look at it and thinking is that real or is it not you know when something's in there you know and yeah and I, I you know that's always something which I I, I just would never never do and um, is I think there was. Uh, one night I took some photographs and it, and it was and it was raining mm-hmm. and you know rain's hard to capture it, it it's you know what I'm what I was seeing and I expected this you know this amazing image with the rain and you just you know you couldn't see the rain and I I thought you know a lot of people would have then you know put the rain in afterwards you know there's 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 things you can do to to yeah. you know to put that rain in afterwards and I yeah, I just I couldn't do it. I, it feels wrong to me to do that. Well, you got one. You shot it in the rain at night. It's beautiful. Yeah. So whenever there's light, uh, a lot with street lights. Yeah. You know they they bring out rain. Fantastic. Um, and but yeah, it's it's I do uh, I do find you know rain, and that that is another thing as well. 
um, to do with you know having a weatherproofed camera. I never thought that that was a big deal. I, I, I just thought you know well I'm just I'll just you know I won't go out in the rain. But some images like you know like that one um, out in the rain just wouldn't wouldn't really have been possible. And the camera was soaked, absolutely soaked. Um, yeah, I've never, of course, since I got it, I think we've had rain one day. So, oh, yeah, it <laughs> rains all the time here. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, that's for so, sure. So, yeah, so maybe, maybe the, the weatherproofing's, uh, you know, more, <laughs> it's better over here than it is over there. Well, yeah, you, you, yeah, you do, you have constant rain. Well, I came from Northern Ohio where it's like, it probably rains as much as it does where you live. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I'm not there anymore. I'm, in the sunny south, so yeah, nice though, nice. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, do you? Uh, you you must be in a in a destination wedding destination area. I'm sure being in the Lakes District. Yeah, yeah, oh. definitely. There's a lot of people get um, and and people come from all over to get married in in the Lake District, uh, mm. not just not even just from the UK, but um, and I do I find that a lot of my work doesn't come locally so it, 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 I, I mean I, I live in Carlisle and I'd say probably only five percent of my work my work comes from Carlisle it's always other other places you know Scotland or um, you know or people that have came from across the seas uh, to to come and get married in the Lake District so really yeah 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 we we have I live in an area that's has a big wedding destination because yeah. we have mountains and wineries. I'm in central Virginia, right next to the Shannon, right, right, right next to Blue Ridge Mountains. And beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, sounds it. Dif- different fun. kind of beautiful than your area. But, yeah, uh, I know. And, and it's funny, isn't it? Because, you know, I'll look at images of, um, you know, of dis- you know, places that obviously, I, you know, are completely different from where I live. And I, Envy, you know, like the people that you know that live, yeah, in, in those places, and and but maybe they're doing the same, you know, with where I live. Of course, they um, are. <laughs> but yeah, there, there's many times I just think, oh, why don't I live there? Could take some amazing images. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's always sometimes it's easier when it's fresh and you don't yeah, look at it true. every day. Yeah, that is true. Um, I think during. You know, during the whole kind of the lockdowns and and, and things mm-hmm. like that, that was definitely a, another kind of turning point. I think for me was I wasn't as busy, and um, and the streets were empty, and I would just go out with the camera, mm-hmm. and and it was kind of um, I don't know, just everything felt different and everything, and it was almost like I'd never seen the this city where you know i've lived for years it's almost like i'd never looked at it before it was just with fresh eyes that i was looking at everything and yeah i I captured a lot of images during you know that period of time where there was there was nobody on the streets yeah i yeah i see a lot of the sorry i'm I'm looking through i'm looking through paul's photos i was trying to find find one i saw earlier that that i i really liked and well, you got you got your personal Facebook page and you've got your business Facebook page. I'm trying to remember which one is which on here. 
I'll tell you, one that really caught my eye of yours, and it's funny because I had been reading your posts in the forums, and then I look at the, uh, by the way, Leica has a gallery called the LFI Gallery, and it's, uh, um, they post the Leica Master Shots, and Paul's got, I don't know, a lot. <laughs> a lot of his photos have been chosen as Leica Master Shots. And uh, I, I saw one one of your photos. It's called Bairn by the Barn. Yeah, the Bairn and the Barn. The Bairn, yeah. the Bairn of the Barn. And I, I guess I looked it up. Bairn means child, right? It does in Scotland. In yeah. Scotland, okay. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, it's an amazing photo. And uh, I I saw it in a couple places. Then I started looking at the, the, the Leica gallery. And, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of camera you have. This is this gallery is well worth um, checking out on a regular basis because they they choose master shot photos virtually every day. Paul has many many of them in there, and then then they choose favorites from different categories as well. So I, I encourage you to 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 check that out for sure. But um, yeah, I I saw the the Baron by the Barn. I think in a forum, maybe it was on Facebook. I you know, been, Paul's yeah. everywhere. He's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he uses uh, social media, I think, very well. And uh, but but I, yeah, I love that photo. And yeah. I, I saw other photos you took of the same boy. And yeah. that that must so that be was, like one of your favorites. It is. I think. Um, yeah, it could be. Yeah, I, I was going to say that could be my my favorite image. Um, but it's definitely one of my favorites for sure. Um, it was, and again, that, that image was kind of just by chance in, in a way, you know, it was, I was at a wedding and it's certainly not something which I set out to do. Mm -hmm. It's not something you expect. Um, and just this, this little boy was just standing in between these, you know, these two, two, uh, two sides of a barn and he just, he looked so small, you know, compared but um, so I just quickly ran up to him and, you know, just, you know, just snapped that, that photograph. And um, one of the things which, you know, I've, I've learned is that there's something about shooting with a 28 millimeter lens to do with, to do with you and the subject. Because you're so close with that mm -hmm. 28 millimeter lens, it causes a completely different dynamic than you're using, say, you know what people would consider is a a a, a, fo um, a focal length that is for portraits. 28 millimeter, you mm -hmm. know, it, if you looked up, um, you know, uh, what lens should I get for portraits? 28 it's millimeter. It's never on the list. Yeah. It's never going to be never going to yeah. be on the list. Um, but Oh, man, I've, I've since I did think it was going to be too wide a twenty-eight millimeter lens, you know. But going back to now, even going back to a fifty millimeter lens, it's just got not got the same kind of closeness and that same dynamic between you and the subject. I find, and I, yeah, I, I'm I'm sold on the fact that I don't think I'm going to switch, you know, <laughs> to to anything. Certainly nothing above a 35 millimeter lens anyway. I, you know, I, I think, I think 
anything above that and I feel like I'm getting too far away from the subject for portraits. It's, you know, I feel like I'm shouting over to them, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not in it with them, you know. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a, it, I'm definitely anybody that worries about that, you know, to do with the 28 millimeter lens. Uh, yeah. So do you do that a lot during a wedding shoot, especially during a reception where you, you know, you've got everything in the can that you know you have to get, and then maybe you run around and just happen to run into photographs. Yeah. Like yeah. that. So you make the photo or. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important to, you know, even if you're doing something um, and being paid for it, I think it's important to get something, um, something for yourself as well out of mm-hmm. it. And, and yeah, I mean, the, the, the client is going to love it anyway, but sure. You know, when you kind of just for a second, just think about what, just think about what you want. Um, Rather than what the client was at once, um, and then yeah, I'll maybe just go. There's there's an image there, you know that I re- you know that I really uh, I really love, and yeah, so I kind of always always on the lookout really for something uh, that's you know that that's going to be hopefully another like a master shot. Yeah, um, you- yeah, but it's just I think it, it's it's good for anybody. No matter you know whether they're doing you know weddings or um, to make sure that they, you know, they're not just doing it just for the client; they're enjoying doing it themselves as well. Sure, it's hard work. Yeah, it Being is. Your wedding is very You're hard running working. running around a lot. Yeah, um, and there's also kind of that responsibility um, of the fact that it can only be done once, and. Um, and you know, the, the, it's so important to you know to the couple that they've got those that they've got those memories mm-hmm. um, captured, and it, yeah, it, it's it's I'm, I don't get really that stressed anymore with it. I I used to, um, but I I think my only worry ever is as long as I get there, as long as I get to the destination. Yeah. Then once I'm there, I'm confident, but anything can happen. So that particular picture of the bairn by the barn, did did the bride choose that photo? Did, did she keep that for for their album? Or So um, they haven't actually chosen. So it wasn't that long ago uh, that, that I took that image. Yeah, um, it was pretty recent. Um, so they, they haven't actually chosen their, their photographs yet, but I'm sure positive you know that'll be one that they um that they will choose it's um it was an image i sent to them kind of straight away almost after the wedding um you know maybe a couple of days after because i was excited about it i I remembered it uh, out of all of the day Mm -hmm. i remember that was the image which i you know that which was still stuck in my head and you know I, i just i knew that i'd got that feeling whenever i took that image that's the one that's the image so of course, um, you know, like I, I went to that one first. Did you know a little bit of a uh, little bit of editing to it, which was you know again just to mm-hmm. do with you know the contrast, the blacks, the whites, and then I sent it to her, and um, you know I just said, you know, this is this is one of the images from your day, and yeah, they were they, they were over the moon with it. Oh, were they? And, 
Yeah. <laughs> exactly. and then the, should be, but. Yeah. And then at the same time, I sent it to, to Leica <laughs> as well. You know, I'm thinking if this doesn't get a master shot, then there's something wrong. Um, and sure enough, they did come back with, uh, you know, with, with a, a master shot award for it, which, you know, which also I showed the, the client as well. So you look at this, you know, you, um, so also, you know, I mean, because it was a, it, um, it was a boy, uh, uh, I, I kind of, I wanted to make sure that I had permission, you know, for oh, yeah. to, uh, yeah, to sure. use that image in that way. So, so, but yeah, it's definitely one of my, one of my favorites for sure. Yeah. Another one I really like was a picture of a boy and a girl. I saw it in several different places. Yeah. And I think it's a, like a master shot. It is. And, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. Uh, somewhere, somewhere else I saw it. But I don't know if you know which one I'm talking about. I think I do. I think um, like, I think that was our wedding as well. I think it <laughs> was. Enough, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was again. They were just they were just sitting on on the couch. This yeah. was during the during the getting ready stages, and you know they were just sitting on the couch playing with the phones, and I kind of just ran up quite quickly and just pointed the camera at them and just, I can't even remember what I said, but that, that photograph is their reaction yeah. from me just suddenly just going up with the camera. Um, yeah, and, and again, I just snapped it and I went, yeah, I can't wait to, uh, I can't wait to kind of look at that whenever I get home. Yes. Um, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, their expressions are, are priceless. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so in, in the world of wedding photography, is like everything fair game, photographing kids without asking the parents first. Uh, you know, you don't have time to do that, obviously. Yeah. You know, yeah. on the street, you don't want to be photographing people's kids without their yeah. permission. But in the wedding, you're part of the wedding party and they know who you are and you're safe and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, you're just basically anybody that's there, you know, um, that that's you photograph whoever's there and whatever's going on. So, um, and like I say, I wouldn't use those, um, those photos, actually any of the photos from, from that wedding day without actually asking them, uh, you know, look, I'm, you know, I'll say, look, I'm going to be doing this with the photograph. I'm going to be putting this on Facebook or I'm going to be doing this. Is that, is that okay? Um, and you know, I've, I've never heard anybody say, no, yet because yeah. they usually if 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 I'm wanting to post it somewhere, it's usually because it's you know it's it's an image that's worth posting. So yeah, yeah. Do you do you send them a copy too? Yeah, um, yeah. They they they'll they'll get a copy of it as well. Yeah. So it's just it's something which you know not everybody kind of gets to be in that. Um, that position where what I like about weddings is everybody seems happy on yeah. on that day, and it's it's just a good situation to be in to take photographs, especially you know photographs that um, you know that maybe people wouldn't expect so much. That's true. It's just not all the grip and grin photos or yeah, lining up still, the cousins and the uncles. And I the, know. I still don't like doing that. <laughs> I do do it, you know, like yeah. because. I, but I, it's it's definitely the least favorite part of, um, yeah, of the day. That part. 
Yeah. I kind of think of that as a little bonus for them, really, the, you know, <laughs> those group shots and things, you know. I try to kind of make them a bit fun for them, and um, or maybe it's for me that I'm trying to make it fun for, because just to make it a little bit more interesting. Yeah, well, you do. I mean, you, you're a very talented portrait photographer. I mean, you obviously, I think you even say in your, on your about page, you you know you're you're good at getting people to relax and to, I'm paraphrasing here, but be be themselves yeah. and you know not a, you, you can tell that people the portraits you have the people are not uptight whether it's a street portrait or it's uh, yeah yeah you know it, it's somebody you happen to capture at a wedding or and it, it, what what's your technique I mean I, or is it just your own personality that, that yeah puts people at ease. It's definitely not a technique. <laughs> it's um yeah, I think um I think just kind of talking to people, you know, um beforehand and I think you know it's it's kind of one of those funny things, isn't it? There's it, it, I, I couldn't really kind of put my finger on why people do kind of relax around me whenever I'm taking photos they they just do and I guess, you know, some people people just do tend to relax around don't they yeah he also said i think that this is a photo you took of somebody oh it was a street portrait and you said you're still getting used to over being getting over being embarrassed for asking a stranger if you can take their photo yeah, yeah. still after all these yeah, years definitely it's it's do you know what it 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 almost feels like you're asking somebody on a date. It's it's <laughs> it's um, it's that because it's that fear of rejection. <laughs> and, yeah, and, um, goes back to high school, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, very rarely does somebody say no. Most of the time, they're flattered that you would want to take a photograph of them. But it definitely is something, you know, I feel that when I'm going to go up and ask somebody to take a, a portrait or, or, you know, somebody that I don't know, um, yeah, I can feel kind of the the nerves, you know, kicking in and, you yeah. know, and then I'm kind of, it's almost like an, an out-of-body experience going up to that person and saying, yeah. you know, can I, you know, would you mind if I, I took your photograph? Um, I just, yeah, and also you just don't want somebody just thinking you're, Weird. <laughs> you why know, like, are you doing it? You know, why, why do you want to take a picture? Um, actually, whenever um, whenever I was uh, walking around taking photographs, um, you know, just around the streets in Carlisle, I did find – I did get approached um, quite a lot uh, of people thinking I was up to no good, you know, that I was doing something mm-hmm. I hear that a lot, wrong. yeah. Uh, yeah, and – you know, people just maybe saying, why are you taking it? Mm-hmm. Especially if it was a building or something, you know, you'd, you'd get somebody come up and saying, why are you taking a picture of that building? <laughs> you know, it's like I was going to rob it later. Yeah, yeah, or it's a uh, secret government installation. I need to. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, and most of the time, it was nothing to do with them. They were just, you know, a passerby. It wasn't their building or anything. Yeah. But, you know, they felt the need to come up and say, can I just ask you a question? Uh, why are you taking a picture of that building? And then I would just say, I'm a photographer. Uh, I like, I would, yeah. Yeah, I like buildings. <laughs> I like buildings. I like the way the windows are laid out, whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, 
Do you have another photo um, taken in Newcastle upon Tyne? Oh, yeah. It's a photograph of a couple of women going up these steps. Oh, yes. A couple yeah. stores. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. it, I think this, hopefully you took it with the, with the Q2 monochrome. Yes, I you did. did. Yeah, I did. And it, this, this is a great example of the, the tonal palette, the rich tonal palette that you can capture with this device. Yeah. Or maybe it's just your skills as a photographer, but. No, <laughs> but it's it's um, I mean it's just beautifully beautiful. Yeah, it's I mean that is a, a one of those kind of uh, it was definitely one of those lighting situations where you've got a lot of dark area and mm-hmm. a lot of very bright area, um, and yeah, it's it's just it's just great to have a tool that you know because whenever you would look at it. You know, you can see all of those. You kind of see all of those tones in the, in the shadows. You know, you can see in those shadows, and you can see into that uh, into the bright areas. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, sometimes you know you you could take a photograph, and it's it's either one or the other. It's either it's either you know mm-hmm. exposed for the bright areas, or it's, yeah. it's exposed for the dark areas. And but yeah, the the Q two monochrome is just amazing at that. Is you know at, at just getting the tones from. You know, from the from the whites, uh, you know, to the darks. Did so, you have to do a lot of post processing on this one? There was a bit more on that one. Look, at there was a bit Bobby. more on that one. Yeah, it was. Um, that was pro- probably one of um, probably the longest I've spent uh, time is on that that image. Um, when I say the longest time, I mean, it's not still only probably like I don't know, ten minutes maximum, sort oh. of thing. Um, but. Yeah, it, that's one of the ones where I'm doing a bit of dodging and burning, mm-hmm. um, you know, using kind of the selection tools on in Lightroom for that image, just to, uh, you know, just just to kind of like bring everything into line, really, on that that one. You had to darken the top part up a little bit. Yeah, darken yeah. the top, bring the shadows up a little bit. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Well, I've got. Before we go, I do, I do have another question. You're, you're, you, you did a post about you doing platinum palladium prints. Yes, yes, and which looks really cool. First of all, well, if you can just tell us about the process and why you're doing it, and how do you do it with digital files? Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't know you could. Um, ah. It was it, 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 until you know very recently. So I mean, what I, I've watched a few you know like videos, YouTube videos, and things on platinum palladium um, printing, and most of the time it's out of a, a great big large format camera. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, using film, and you know, and 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 then they'll do the process afterwards with the chemicals and everything. So. Yeah, I'd, I had no idea that you could do it with a digital file. But what I found out was that you know, the, so there's a lot of kind of uh, a lot of photographers who were taking things in medium format. So, like, say maybe mm-hmm. something that's uh, you know, like a, a six seven medium format um, image uh, um, and film. And then what they're doing is they're 
scanning that image in, so they may be doing a drum scan of that of that yeah. negative. Hmm. Then they're making another negative of that of that image, but but very large, so like oh, at the size that the print's going to be. Um, so, so really using, you know, a digital camera, um, and the like a Q2 monochrome is perfect for this, for this sure, process. Huge file. Yeah. And, um, so it almost cuts a part out of it because the, the image is already digital. So you're just going to make that negative, you know, mm-hmm. straight away from, from that file. So that's what, what it involves. You need to, um, uh, make a, a negative from you know from the digital file, and it has to be the same size as the uh, you know as as the final print that you want it to be. Um, you you know you've got um, basically the platinum um, you know uh, ke- chemicals on the paper, which is pasted onto the paper. Um, the other great thing with with this process is. You don't have to be in a dark room, like you know. Um, uh-huh. you, you you can have light um, in there as long as it's not you, and as long as it's not UV light, because that's what this is. You know, that's what it's sensitive to is UV light. So just so, a red light, or yeah. So a red. Uh, so uh, yeah. So basically, yeah, you don't want the sun on it, and you don't want um, you know, uh, you don't want it exposed to those things, but. You know, normal kind of lights, like even in a normal house, would would be fine. You could expose the really? paper yeah. to that, and it, and it's not going to fog the images or anything like that. So, so then what you do is, you know, you you, um, you put the the negative on, you know, onto your um, onto the paper and beam UV light through, almost like a contact sheet, mm-hmm. um, and, and yeah, and then you into the developer and you know and there you go that's that's your image but it's just and it's like magic every time you know every time that you see you know you see those uh come out but the great thing about um about the prints is they last forever um Mm -hmm. there's just such a a beautiful tonal you know they just look like something else and it really kind of has given me, I was maybe a little bit of, with a, a lack of direction as to what I'm to do with the finished images. So, yeah, I've been going out taking photographs and, you know, there's all these images that have, you know, the burn in the barn and, you yeah. know, and, and, and they've just been living on, on social media. They've just been living on, you know, the, 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 they've never been printed. So I've been looking for a long time in, you know what is the you know what's what's the end product here? What is the end um, the goal? And for me, it is to have an amazing print, um, you know, something you know that is that you can hold. And you know, platinum prints are just something else. They're just incredible to look at. So. I don't understand. How do you make the negative? So, so the negative is made. Uh, so you would make the negative by um, on a printer, and it, it's done on uh, like clear. I think it's acid, so you probably acetate, print it on a clear sheet. Of yeah, yeah. So that's how you're making. Yeah, so you make uh, it. Um, I mean, 
it, it that's the calibration and and to to do that is the is the complicated part mm-hmm. um and yeah it, it's it's definitely something that kind of really you know some somebody probably needs to teach you how to do in order, order to do that um you know i was lucky lucky because um just during that period of time where i'm thinking how am i going to print these you know and and there was a um there was a gentleman that got in touch with me on instagram who he'd liked some of my photographs and he he said oh i'd like to um i'd like to to do some printing for you at some point and i was looking at you know the stuff that he'd he'd printed and you know it was it was just it was just incredible um huh. so he then offered me a you know well do you want to come and do a workshop as well so, so i did that and printed you know some stuff and it was that's yeah, yeah that that's really cool i've only seen pictures of the pictures i know and that's but the thing still looks, that's a difficult thing to yeah kind of, well to you've got across, a, you've got it in your hand but yeah yeah it yeah. still looks really cool i definitely like to do some kind of again this is you know the dream i think is to do some kind of gallery showing or mm-hmm. some kind of exhibition you know, with all these images because now that i've started to print them you know i want people to to see them in you know in real life rather than just on um instagram or yeah, you know, yeah. things like that yeah so i think that that's probably the next step for me um is definitely you know to to get the my favorite images you know printed in this in this way and then um and then do some kind of exhibition why not how big are you printing them um i mean the the biggest one uh that is 20 by 30 inches oh wow now that's that is big for a platinum print yeah um i think most of the things i would do would probably be wouldn't wouldn't be that big Hmm. probably just something you know around 12 by 16 inches or something like that i think would probably be you know most of the images but there's the odd one the ben and the barn I printed that one. Did you? You know, twenty by thirty. Uh, yeah. What or printer do you use? You so you use your own printer. So, so, so that that yeah. one. So that one was the um, that was the original image that I sent to you know to to the guy mm-hmm. um, who you know who printed that up for me. So he, you know, he had to you know buy paper that large, and again, it's it's the same process again. It was it was a platinum print, and it was. You know, done in a like it's very difficult to do a platinum print that large because you've got to have massive trays as well. Um, yeah, yeah. And you know, if you if if your things are uneven, um, whenever you kind of pasting on, uh, you know, the the platinum palladium solution onto the paper, you know, that's um, that's gonna that's gonna come out on the image as well. They're not perfect uh, in the way that, say, a digital print would be. So, you know, you you can see those brush strokes on on the not on the image itself, but um, the sides on on the outsides of the image. And mm-hmm. it, it's actually something which I see quite often. You know, people kind of uh, do you know some like digital frames mm-hmm. for things on on uh, on their image. I often I have seen that effect before. This, yeah, me too. These kind of brush strokes. Mm-hmm. That's 
you know, that is what happens whenever you're doing a platinum print is, you know, because you are brushing that, um, uh. you know, those, those chemicals onto the paper, that, that naturally is there. And it's like a, a natural frame for it. I like it. Yeah. Some people don't like that, the, the, um, yeah. the brush strokes, and they'll just cover that up. They just, you know, yeah. Something. yeah. They always crop it off. But. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, Pretty cool, yeah. Pretty cool. So, Paul. Anyway, here we're getting getting to the end of our time here. So, um, what's next for you? You you you're, you keep pretty busy, I can see. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of busy at the moment. So, you know, but once the the wedding season is is finished, which um, I'm definitely going to be kind of doing a lot more street stuff. Yeah. Um, it's something which I've just, I've only really just kind of really started to do, I think, you know, um, at the beginning of this year. And it's something which I've, you know, which I, I, I love. Um, and right now I'm just kind of frustrated that I haven't got the time to do it, you know, cause I'm doing yeah. the weddings, but you yeah, um, pay the bills. Yeah. But yeah, but come, um, you know, November. Um, I'll be out there. Um, New Newcastle um, in the UK is a, it, I did find that's a great place to, you know, to wander around with the camera and uh, and take images. So that's probably my next thing. Is in October I'll be going back to Newcastle and seeing what seeing what I can uh, what I can capture. Looks like a nice place to shoot. It is. It is. So tell us where can people find you. Um, I mean, you can find me on Instagram, which is, yeah, what am I under on? I think it's just Paul Reed Photography, um, yeah. my Instagram. I think I've got the most images on, on Instagram, really. So I think that's probably the best place for people, okay. people to, to look. So it's Paul Reed Photography. Paul Reed Photography, yeah, and it's uh, REID. <laughs> REID, that's right. REID, Not- yeah. Okay, good. Good. Well, thanks, Paul. I really appreciate it. It's been fascinating. I'm glad I finally got to meet you in person. Yeah, it's great to speak to you in person too. Your thoughts about the show go a long way in helping us decide on the guests and the subjects that we include in each episode. So please take a few moments to write a review in Apple Podcasts or whatever service you use to stream your podcasts. It helps us know if we're on the right track and it helps others to find and enjoy the show. The editor of Street Photography Magazine is Ashley Refo, and our audio engineer is Russell Boyd from WeBit Studios, found at webitstudios.co.uk. I'm Bob Patterson, and this is the Street Photography Magazine podcast, a service of Street Photography Magazine. <music>